Happy Sabbath, Church. Uh, don't know. I would be. I should be happy or not to be standing here today, because knowing that I'm leaving to Penang already, it's a lot of. There's happy feeling, but there's also hard feelings as well because there's a lot has been going on throughout this half one and a half year, and. Without stepping into the class of salt, I don't think I'll be standing here at all. Or let, let alone having a relationship with God or even, oh, sorry, or even um, stand here. Lah. There's nothing much I can say, but it's, it has been a very great blessings coming from God and also all the church mates that I have as well. And before I start, let's have a word of prayer, shall we? Well, Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the blessed Sabbath day we've given to us. And as I'm going to speak your words, I pray that you use me as an instrument, that uh, every word that comes out of my mouth will be from you, not from me. And let's pour the Holy Spirit upon all of us here, that um, every one of us will be committed in our hearts and apply all the truth in their lives as well. Voice praying in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Today's the title of the sermon is Faith in Hard Times. So, I believe some of the words that we're going to go through later is nothing new for most of us. But as every time as I see all these verses, there's sometimes something new that comes into my mind. And I think there's a need to tell all of us here. So, I believe all of us have different types of challenges or suffering that you're going through. Let it be work, let it be studies, let it be relationship. But is our faith there? Is our faith on track? Is our faith enough? Do we have the faith of Jesus? That's the foundation there. Let's go to our first verse. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Proverbs 4, verse 23. Is our hearts leaning towards God or the world? I'll read. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. When tribulation comes, when challenges come, we often try to solve the issues ourselves, right? And there's nothing wrong with solve the issues by ourselves. But one thing that we really, really need to take care about is how we deal with it. Do we seek God first whenever, um, when there's options or even different ways to deal with this problem? And we might not be able to change the fact, facts that has been already been happened in life, but God can. Regarding to the future. But we definitely can cooperate with God in all things. Let it be um, your studies, your relationship, your work, anything that you can think of. But how? From this first one, we can see here, keep thy heart with all diligence. What does diligence mean? Persistency. Persistency in what? Let's go to our next verse. Mark 9, verse 23. Mark 9, verse 23. How are we cooperating with God? What's the most important thing that we have to Keep in mind first. Mark 9, verse 23. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Once again, faith. To believe. If we believe, as what the word says, it's very simple. Everything is possible. But you must be, we must believe that God is more than willing to intervene with whatever things that we are going through. That is the problem that we are going through right now. Doubts may come in, reasoning may come in, or even the wisdom of man may come in. 
But how uh, I've been saying all these things, how do I prove it? Let's go to the next verse, okay? Mark 11, verse 24. Mark 11, verse 24. This is one of the first things that we have to do as well. Therefore, I say unto you, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. You know, sometimes we think that um, the Bible is enough as long as I have the knowledge of God. Sometimes you think that um, my life is okay, so I don't think I need to have a, any extra uh, portion of relationship with God. But here we can see we have to pray. Prayer is sometimes neglected by us because it's such a simple thing. It's so simple that we think that, oh, I can do it later. But from this verse, we can see that God actually encourages us to pray to Him, encourages us to ask Him. But not just pray, pray in faith, which is to believe, to believe that He is able to intervene in anything that we are going through. And there's one problem that we are facing, which is not believing. Sometimes we might think that, hey, I actually believe. What makes you say that I don't believe? There is doubts in within. You have belief, you have faith in Him, but there's some 1% or 2% of things you think, oh, maybe God won't, won't, won't be taking care of this particular stuff. Maybe I need to intervene it myself. I need to settle it myself. But why do I say all this? Let's go to the next verse. James 1, verse 6. James 1, verse 6. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. I would admit this is one of my problems as well. As we pray, we have doubt in him. We are double-minded. We have doubts in him where, oh, I pray already, and I think I need to do something extra than, that God wouldn't intervene. This is the problem that we are having right now. And it's hard to fully depend on him because simply we are scared. We are scared that God wouldn't um, fulfill whatever you ask. Uh, ask scared that uh, we are unable to surrender to him completely. Because surrendering, surrendering ourselves completely to him it sounds easy, but actually it's, I would say easy and not easy at the same time. It's easy to say, but it's hard to do. I would say that, oh, I'm, I'm surrendering myself to God. But is your everyday action doing the same thing? Is your everyday action going on par on what you said? And in other words, as what I said just now, we are being double-minded. Why do I say double-minded? Why do I keep on saying double-minded? Let's go to the next verse. First Corinthians 2, verse 5. First Corinthians 2, verse 5. Bible says that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of man, but in the power of God. Sometimes our faith is determined by man, inevitably, sometimes. You know, if I don't see miracle, I don't believe. If I don't see miracle, I won't keep the Sabbath. If I don't see clear signs by God, I won't follow. But what does this verse say? Blessed are those that have not seen. In other words, but still believe. You know, I was call myself one of them as well last time because I don't believe that keeping the Sabbath are able to give me extra blessing. 
my, my uh, Bible teacher over there always say that um, if you keep the Sabbath, on Sunday when you study, right, you get double or even triple the blessings. I never believed that. Because I think that, how is it possible? I skip one whole day and you want me to, to, to get the one whole day back and, and at the same time get some extra. But I believe I shared this testimony before to some of you that because of keeping the Sabbath, I wouldn't need to go to the three tests which I broke the Sabbath and yet I still get a pass. So after that, I really, really believe that God is able to intervene with not just my studies but everything else that I might go through as well. Even during my Bible working time here as well. There's a lot of challenges that I go through. Um, socializing might, might sound like one of my strengths, but when it comes to a complete stranger, I'm a total... I just can't. It's just hard sometimes. But it's without, if it's without God, I don't think I would, would be able to do it. Every time I, I, I approach to someone new, I just pray, God, please help me. Especially canvassing time. That is one of the hardest things ever when I got started in Anan. It's like, you go to a person and say, um, Hi sir, I'm Jeffrey, coming from a special community service, blah, 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 blah. And that guy will be giving you that gaze, you know. That was like, okay, I think I just, just don't, don't continue. But, you know, somehow, when I continue, keep on continuing, and God give me the strength, miracles happen. At first, I remember my first day, I got like, what, 17 ringgit, I think. And the second day, I got 150 already. So, it's not just twofold, threefold, it's tenfold. So, if it's without God, I don't think I'd be able to do it. And times, time is slowly proving that God is helping me in every way of my life. This, which is one of my prayers for now, because I'm still not sure what I'm going to do in the future. And all I need is faith in Him to be able to show me wh- where I'm supposed to be. And I'll be more than confident to say He is the one that brought me there. What else? Let's go to Mark 10, verse 52. Mark 10, verse 52. I believe most of us are familiar with this story. And Jesus said unto, them, unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. Another thing that we can learn is, is our faith that makes us complete. Whole basically means complete. But without faith, it is impossible to please God. I believe some of us know this verse already, which I'm going to go through later. How often do we trust God to, to, the, to the extent where we step out of our comfort zone? How much do we uh, trust God that we be able to break the barrier? Social barrier? Uh, or your commitment barrier? Let's say, uh, quitting the job that, so that you'll be able to keep the Sabbath holy? Or... Um, uh, skipping your exams, risking that you will miss, miss your course so that you're able to keep the Sabbath holy. Are we able to do all these things? Let's have a good thing about it. And, but remember the point that I bring out just now where I said without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let's go to the next verse, okay? Hebrews 11 verse 6. Hebrews 11 verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please Him. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. Remember one of the words that we've been through just now? We talked about diligence as well. What does diligence mean? Persistency. You have to persistent. 
persistently seek Him. When you persistently seek Him, right, faith has to be involved. It doesn't make sense that you're looking for Him and that you have no faith in Him. It's might as well as like you're going for your job but you're not looking for a salary. You know, there's expectations there. That's where faith comes in. And what does this mean? It doesn't matter how much you had before, it matters how much faith you have right now. It doesn't matter what you've gone through last time, how much people have you killed, how much people have you lied to, how much people have you um, steal their stuff with. It doesn't matter. God doesn't really care. It doesn't, God doesn't care what you did bad last time. God doesn't care what you did good last time as well. If you did good last time, does it mean that you can be partially bad today? No. Persistency, diligence, that's all what we need. And what it matters now is that not just diligently seek Him, but at the same time, faith has to come in. It might sound like, oh, this is something I, I heard since young, but I believe some of us here are still struggling in this very matter. There's still something that is holding us back. Okay? Let's go to Philippians 1, verse 29. Philippians 1, verses 29. The Bible says, For unto you it is given in the behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for His sake. Doesn't sound nice, right? I believe, I put my faith um, completely in Him, and yet I have to suffer for Him. Let's have a, have, a, have a flashback, okay? What did Jesus did for us? He died for us. He died for our sin. He's been through the greatest sacrifice we can ever, ever think of. Who are we to say that I don't want to suffer for Him? Who are we to say that um, suffering for Him gives us burden, that it doesn't give us any benefit? Why do I have to sacrifice my money, sacrifice my time, sacrifice my work, just to follow Him. But what kind of suffering are we looking at, first of all, which is more than um, applicable to most of us? Is it our pride? Is it our pride that is holding, holding us back from um, believing Him completely? Is it our job that we, are, we want to cling on because we want to earn that extra money, extra cash, just to be able to sustain your life on earth and neglecting what is, what is eternal life in heaven? And let's have a good thing about it that it's not important, nothing is important on this earth, but what we are clinging upon is the free access to heaven. And what do we need for that? To, to be able to achieve that, two points I bring out is faith and diligence. But what else? What else can we think about in terms of this suffering that we are going through? Let's go to Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. Hebrews 12, verse 1 to 3. The Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, For consider him that endured 
and such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be wearied and faint in your minds. There's a few steps that we have to follow here. What is the first thing? Lay aside every weight. What, what, what does this sound like? Lay aside every weight. It is to put aside everything that is causing our Christian walk or our walk with Christ to slow down. There's many things that cause us to the, 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 the progress of following Him to slow down. Like, let's say, I used to read uh, one chapter a day. I heard my Bible students say, I uh, read one chapter a day. Sometimes I miss it. You know, when you read, just, just a fun fact, I believe, I believe some of us know here, re- reading one chapter a day on the Bible, it takes you four years to finish it. Why not read four chapters a day so that we can finish it in one year? You know, it's the, the, the amount of time is sacrificed for the Bible, does it really... Does it really not worth the time that you're doing on this earth? Your work, your studies, your relationship, your extra minute of phone call with your girlfriend, you know, all those things. Which is more important? Do you think the Bible is more important or your girlfriend is more important? Do you think the Bible is more important or your job is more important? You know, sometimes we struggle to balance between these two things within our worldly life and our spiritual life. When we fail to realize that whatever we are looking for right now is salvation, to be able to enter heaven. None of these things that we are going through right now, our money, our studies, we can't bring any of them into our coffin. I believe all of us know this. It's not important. But I used to have this thinking. I had a thinking where when I go to salt, right, I wanted to, once I finish, go back to our studies, my studies in Australia. Because if you guys didn't know, I quit my studies after three years over there. I have literally one year left until I graduate for my degree. But somehow, God just called me to stay, to Bible work. I, at first, I think that, oh, I'm, I'm really, really going all the way out. And my mom has been giving me so much stress in, in regards of that. Why are you wasting my money and go there for three years and come back without anything? But at least I got a diploma. La. Praise God for that. La. But, you know, I waste two years, okay, one year I got my diploma and two years there. I got another year, one more year to finish. My mom said, just finish it so that you, you come back, you do anything you want. But after I decided to do all these things and the first few months of doing Bible work, she can see that my life has changed. Not just physically, but spiritually as well. And sure, there, there are still things that I still cling upon. There are still weaknesses that I still have. But I... Pretty sure if I go back for that one year, I'll go back to square one. I'll go back to what I were before. And it is not a thing that I want to look forward to. I don't want to waste my time, four months learning the Bible and knowing the truth and clearly and purposely go and, re- go, go and turn my back upon it. This is one thing that I don't want to go through. That is why I want to stay here. Not just to get, gain experience in teaching Bible studies, not to, just to gain experience to socialize with people, most, most, most importantly, to grow in faith. You know, you'll be able to see so many miracles, so many testimonies. Every single Sabbath you hear different praises. Not just that, like even prison ministry, you'll be shocked to see how many people actually still have so much faith, where, although they are judged, uh, they are being sentenced, life sentence, or even death sentence. They're still clinging upon. Being happy, realize that God is there for them. You know, we might think that our life is not easy, or there's so many things to go through. 
What about those that have no hope at all in prison? That's one thing that we're supposed to think about. Okay? Okay, lay outside our, our every weight. What's the next thing from verse 1? Lay outside our sin as well. I don't think I need to go too much detail on that. The third thing, run with patience the race. What race is this about? It's the trials. It's the suffering that you have to go through. We need patience for that. Patience, in other words, endurance. To persistently follow belief and do what Christ asks you to do. I believe God has shown you signs in many different ways. It is your choice to follow or not. And also, in um, the part where it said, where the hope is given to us, who gives us this hope? It's Jesus. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Without Him, it's just impossible to... Okay, without Him, I will say, whatever I said since the beginning of the sermon until now doesn't make any sense. But because of Jesus, the existence of Jesus, we ought to do all these things. And Christ has endured a bigger trials. If not, I say the biggest trials, which is to die for us for our sins. Who are we to say no to all this small little sacrifice in the eyes of God? He might understand. I believe he understands what are we going through. He understands what's the level that we cannot go over. That's why all the trials that he had poured upon us, he ensured that we are able to go through every single step. Okay? But what, have we, what do we have to do next? We'll be talking about faith, diligence. What, what's next? What is the thing that might affect this? Let's go to Romans 12, verse 2. Romans 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but, ye, but, but, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. What we think affects what we behave. I believe all of us can agree with that. What we think affects how we behave. But what does this verse ask us to do then? Renewing of our mind. How do we renew our mind? You know, whenever we're faced with challenges, there's so many things that's happening in our minds and we often always, always think of the bad things that are going to happen first, right? We, often, we, we don't really think of the good things first. Like, um, quitting my job, uh, uh, not, uh, not coming to work during Sabbath, I decided to come here. I sacrificed. But yet, at, the, at our minds still thinking that, I, uh, I think my, my boss is going to fire me. La. I, uh, my, my boss is going to cut my salary. La, or whatever you can think of. Is this the mind that Jesus wants to see? Is this the thinking that Jesus wants to see? You might as well just don't do it. This is one thing that we really, really need to focus on, which is to renew and refresh and clean our mind. Knowing that He is able to give us whatever blessings that we need. He will show us in many different ways. But sometimes we're just so impatient that we cannot wait for it. Because we, we, we prayed for seven times, it didn't happen, oh, I just forget it. God is not helping me. I'm going to use it a different way. But it's not true. You know, it's one thing that I can think of right now in my mind. Elijah prayed for seven days for the rain to come. But Elijah prayed for how many days to resurrect? Only three days. Which one is it harder? To resurrect a person or for a rain to come? He's resurrected, right? How, much, how many times did he do it? Three times only. 
but yet for a rain to come, he needs seven times. Does the number of time really, really affect your faith? Uh, no, no. Um, sorry. Does the number of time that you pray or the number of time you sacrifice to God really, really affects the number of blessings that God is going to shower upon you? The answer is no. What is God really, really looking at is your faith. Your actions might show your faith, but the foundation there is your faith. I believe most of us know in James 2.20, faith without works is dead, right? You might have faith, but if you don't do it, it doesn't show your faith at all. It's an evidence for it. But what God wants to see is what is in our heart. Whether we are really, really surrendering ourselves to Him. Completely, of course. So, there's one more, another important thing to do, which we always, always forget, including myself. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. In everything, give thanks to God, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. In what? In what give thanks? Everything. It's not just the good things. It's not just praises. Even those bad things that happen to you, give thanks to Him. Because I believe most of us heard this before. If your Christian walk is too easy, you're not having a Christian walk. This is an easy illustration that we can give to all of us. But if there's tribulation, praise God for that. If there's suffering, praise God for that. If there's troubles with, uh, in, in regards of your Christian walk, praise God for that. If your Christian walk is too smooth, right, there's something wrong with your faith. Because there's something that is clinging upon your mind. I don't know what is it. It could be your work. It could be your studies that give you the assurance of my, my life is going to be fine for the next 20 years, let's say. But if we were to put our life to Jesus completely, suffering are bound to come. So praise God for all those things. But what is the promise that God gives us then? I've been talking about the things that we should do, we should do, we should do, we should not forget to do. But let's come to the sweet part, okay? What is the promises that God gave us if we stand firm in our faith? Let's go to John 6, verse 35. John chapter 6, verse 35. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Isn't it comforting to hear this promise? Never hunger, never thirst. Which study outside guarantees us salvation? Which job outside guarantees us eternal life? You can find me one, show me, I'm going to apply now. None. So, let us remember that Jesus is the ultimate boss that we are, we are serving. Not the human boss that we are serving, okay? And also the next verse, Romans 10, verse 9 and 10. Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Verse 10. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Once again, if we believe, as long as we believe, it's a condition. It's not like, my, uh, it's not like uh, I just add on only. 
It's a condition. Without this, it's just impossible. And what will bestow upon us? Righteousness. And after that, what happens at the very end? Salvation comes. And it is a promise that all of us are looking for. And if it is not, let us pray about it. What is pushing us away or pulling us away from getting the eternal life that we are all looking for? The free access to heaven, that one spot, to be part of the 144,000. Just remember all these things, okay? Well, I have one small little um, target that I'm looking for. I believe some of my care group members know already that I'm planning to go carb-free. You know, over the times here, one year and a half, I gained more than 10 kg. It's a big problem for me. (laughs) I've been too addicted to carbohydrates, basically. Rice, noodles, potato, whatever you can think of. And me and my mom actually planned it together that we're going to go carb-free. To some of us, we might think it's impossible. Yes, it's impossible. In my human flesh, it's impossible. But with God, I have to pray very hard to be able to pull this through. But of course, I won't be going back and straight away, no rice, no noodle. I need to slowly. Because if you guys didn't know, I can, I can wall up three plates of rice if I want. You know? But really need Jesus to intervene with this. If not, it's just too hard. I just, one plate of rice, I want more. Two plates of rice, I want more. If not, I just, I know, cannot, cannot sit, cannot sleep, I think. You know? But pray for me as well that I will go through all these things. I'll go back to my original shape. And most importantly, you know, our body is a temple of God. However we treat it is however we treat Jesus as well. So, let's have the faith. I remember, I, I, I'm pretty sure all of us has different aims in life, different objectives, different desires. Let's pray to God. If it is the will of Him, He will give you the strength that you need. Okay? So, give you a summary, okay? One of the things that we really need to check, there's a checklist that we need to tick upon when we follow Him. First of all, check the status of our heart. Is our heart open for Him? Secondly, be a prayer warrior at all times. You know, when I see the uh, Philippines uh, people came for AOI and see how they pray, it really put us to shame, man, on the way they pray. And we really need to bow down our knees as much as we could. Sacrifice the 10 minutes of your time every single hour just to pray. A good way is I've seen my, my, my Bible worker friend Alex, he actually did a reminder every, every hour to pray. I think that's a good way. But to every one of us, it might be, have different ways. So let's pray more every single day on a daily basis. And also don't doubt and reason with God. You know, when you doubt and reason with God, that's basically you trying not to believe Him. And also at the same time, not to rely on the wisdom of man. Don't rely on the pastor that said, oh, you should do this. Don't rely on the churchmate that said, oh, you should do that. Don't even rely on your parents saying that you should do this if it's not according to the Bible. Yes, you should honor them, but it doesn't mean that you should follow them. You know? Honor them at all costs, but don't follow them in all costs. You know what I mean? Everyone here is human being. So, what the fourth thing? Or the fifth thing? Renew our mind. Ask God to give us a refreshed mind to be able to face the new challenges that we meet every single day. This is why every single day we have to ask for the daily baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because every single day, you will be faced with different challenges. You will face a different tendency to sin. 
you'll be faced with different issues, whether in your work, in your studies, or whatever it is. God is the one that's going to intervene, not yourself. We also believe that He's able to overcome every issues that we are facing. Give no doubt. And lastly, give thanks. Not just in good times, but bad times as well. I have two quotes to share with you. The first quote is from uh, Selected Message, Book 2, paragraph, uh, page 242, uh, paragraph 3. When we comply with the written word according to our best knowledge, when we are to walk by faith, whether we feel any special gratification or not, we dishonor God when we show we do not trust Him after He has given, so much, uh, given us such wondrous evidences of great love in giving His only begotten Son, Jesus, to die, our sacrifice that we may believe in Him, rest our hopes in Him, and trust in His, his Word without a question or doubt. It's very clear from this, this uh, quote saying that knowing, we, we know that God has given Jesus for us already, and yet you still don't want to fully commit to Him. What, what does this mean to Him? It's dishonoring Him. It's, it just basically means dishonoring Him. And once again, we should go without any question, without any doubt in trusting in His Word. Sometimes it's hard to just pray and let Him deal with the rest. But let us remember that He promised. If He said, He mean it. There's nothing on the Bible that He said and it didn't happen. It all happened. What are we to have the drawback in ourselves to say that, oh, I think I need to put on some of my, some of my works into it so that I can make it even more perfect. Let God deal with it, not yourself. Also, our next quote is on the same book, page 390, paragraph 2. There's no need to doubt, to be fearful that the work will not succeed. God is the head of the work, and He will set everything in order. If matters need adjusting, at the head of the work, God will attend to that and work every right, uh, work to right every wrong. Let us have faith that God is going to carry the normal ship which bears the people of God safely into port. You know, it's very nice to see how she wrote this particular quote, especially the part where it says, God will attend to that and work to right every wrong. He will work every, right, uh, every wrong to right. So, who are we to think that He's not able to deal with our problems? Who are we to think that He's not able to help us with whatever suffering that we are going through? Just surrender ourselves to Him completely. And all we have to do is as simple as the title of the sermon, Standing Firm in Faith. You know, when hard times come, tribulation comes, our faith often be, will often be trembled. But this is one thing that we are trying our best to avoid. If we stand firm in our faith, that's when your Christian walk is beginning to prosper. So friends, let's go stronger and stronger every day in our faith so that we're able to say with confidence that we are the believers of Christ. And also, nothing will stop us from following Him completely. Amen? So as we sing our closing song, Nothing Between, Let's not put anything in between us and God and let nothing interfere the relationship between us and Jesus. 
Let's bow our heads, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we thank you once again for the blessed Sabbath day you've given to us. And we thank you for letting us know that Jesus has done the greatest sacrifice for us. Help us to stand firm in our faith that whatever tribulation comes, whatever challenges comes, we are able to safely say that we are the believers of yours and there's nothing that's, nothing that's going to come in between us and God. And renew our minds as well, that our, the perspective of our mind will be, will be not of ours, but of yours. And please continue, guys, this coming um, Sabbath day. And I pray that you'll be uh, guiding our conversations afterwards. For us pray in Jesus' name. Amen.